Hey, Bookforce. How is everybody? Wait for it. Oh, I can't hold it. Oh, that's right. Today we are talking the trouble bubble when I get viewed, uh, like zoomed back in. Um, it's a vehicle I really love. And it's something that uh, the G.I. Joe Book Boys also really, really dig. But um, yeah, let me get the G.I. Joe Book Boys up out of the pocket. First, I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Steve. And also, say hello or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thought you were going to steamroll right over me. Yo, feeling bubbly. Let's do it. And here's Rob. To join hey, guys, trouble. it's me, Rob. Can't steam overall, steam overall me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to be on the bottom row. I thought I was going to be introduced last. Um, no, we're upsetting I, the established just, order. We're so used yeah, to seeing man, you, top, you know. And people love me on the bottom. That that's that's terrible. <laughs> All the comments always say, "Oh, it's so cool," and Rob's at the bottom there. You know, he's the power, he's the power bottom. <laughs> Whatever that means, I don't know. I don't even know what that means. I, um, yeah, me neither. We all know what that means. So, so guys, we're going to be getting into trouble today. Yes, I'm going to overuse oh. that pun, <laughs> uh, and not trouble, but trouble, because uh, yes, we're going to be chatting you. the trouble bubble. We're going to be going through why we dig this thing, but also what makes the trouble bubble so special or not special for that matter. And we've only got an hour to do it in, so. Um, I think uh, unless you guys have something that that you're dying to tell me about the trouble bubble right now off the bat, I think it's uh, pretty awesome. It's, it's pretty awesome, says Rob. Tell me Steve why. Remains, Steve me remains why. reserved. Well, uh, well, it's a can okay. of worms, friend, but um, the semantics of trouble, as in T R U B B L E, is something that pisses me off on the regular because <sighs> everyone online. Spells it correctly. Yeah. I.e. not U-B-B-L-E. And that pisses me off. I'm like, guys, it's misspelled on purpose. Trouble bubble with an O-U. Yeah. It's not the same thing. It doesn't rhyme. Nowhere in the official... The rhyming structure. Yeah. Well, it's... Well, it's, it's also... I don't know what it's called. It's making fun of be being fair. a bubble bubble, you know, the trouble bubble, bubble bubble, yeah. you know. Spelled Whatever like it is, I mean, I don't know the origin of why it's misspelled classically, but that's the nickname of these things. So respect that and don't Get it right. misspell it by spelling it correctly, like the English word trouble. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, you'd think that the Americans would be so used pod. to leaving letters out of their words, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Color, Nothing honor. The... I'm looking at you, Americans. So... I actually also just realized maybe having the um, blueprints to hand might not be a bad idea. So I'm just quickly scaring. Them. Oh, I got you the covered there. So oh, have you? Good oh, yeah. Well, Carson's got your back. Good Carson old Robert Carson Metaxas. Oh, that's the that main man behind the art of GI Joe books. Yeah, guys, and now. it's available. It's available now. I mean, that's a small plug for a big, a big project. A big book. <laughs> Big, a very big book. Um, big books. Yeah, but dude. I'm curious. Uh, so go nice. check it out because you're going to get to see the artwork of this fine vehicle and others. Oof. And yeah, go and support one of the best GI Joe initiatives out there. Anyway, Absolutely. back to our, our Cobra Flight Pod slash Trouble Bubble Chat. 
Um, guys, I think it's important that we get into the the history of the trouble bubble. Like, uh, and I for me, it's more fun like to go. Where did you guys first encounter a trouble bubble? Mm. Cobra flight pod. What media? Or what media or medium did you guys first encounter it? Let's take it from I there. Think, and we can get into I think. I think I. I probably speak for both me and Steven that probably the first place we saw this was in the GI Joe animated movie in that absolutely fantastic opening scene. You know. Yeah, la, 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 la. it's like it's it's featured dramatically in there, um, and uh, it just it blows your mind. There's these beautiful like fly 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 pods. They're flying around. It's like oh god, okay. And they get all the has, has this weird little like like jet things, but Cobra has these like really cool looking things that just like fly around, and they're very well equipped. Um, so I think that definitely fired up my imagination. Like where do you get those little things? You know, like because tiny vehicles are probably so much easier to find no we only got this like 10 years ago <laughs> yeah. that's the thing right <laughs> the, the gi joe book history of it is that we we typically didn't get this or at least to my knowledge uh we didn't get these here in fa yeah um, i don't remember seeing them anyway because the first time i ever actually encountered a trouble bubble was it came out of my friend's mouth not the wow. trouble bubble the words right. trouble bubble came out of his mouth we were Good playing happen. the gi joe game and uh there were vehicles as you guys know in the gi joe game and he mentioned like oh it'd be so cool if there was a trouble bubble and i'm like what's that and i was always like what's the trouble bubble what's the trouble bubble and then i'd eventually see it in the same place as you guys did which is in the movie and, and all that so yeah it's a it's a pretty kind of iconic vehicle for that and any other like notable great moments for the trouble bubble like yeah i mean aside from Aside from the uh, 85 movie intro. The best animation other, like... ever put onto the big screen. I It just occurred to me now that the first time I ever probably saw the toy was in the pages of Toy Fair magazine when they were promoting the 1997 15th anniversary line. There was a re-release ah. of the Trouble Bubble there. I think it had oh, like cool. a dark grey mottled camo pattern, if I'm not mistaken. It had yeah, a slight right. different deco. But it was the first time I saw the plastic, and I was like, oh, that's, that's iconic. And yeah, first mm. time I'm seeing this thing. But I can run over some media appearances. I did pull some, some pickies, some visual aids. Oh, thank you, man. The Trouble Bubble, for being so ubiquitous in animation, <laughs> was not ubiquitous in the comic book. The most mm. notable, I think, artistic interpretation of it is in yearbook two the michael hmm. golden story triple play good lord that's like deep into the into the line that's deep cuts he's got this amazing oh, splash go. page with the cobra transport helicopter and several trouble bubbles it's iconic but like for all the the use of like small aerial vehicles in gi joe i'd say the trouble bubble was used the least you know the, hmm. the claw had its crowning glory as uh, Storm Shadows Ride, and then used by Cobra Commander to escape captivity. The Pogo had a huge feature when it debuted. Insane. <laughs> but the Trouble Bubble somehow skipped over. The Fang, like in its de debut, also had plenty of, of page time. But yeah, I don't know if Larry just didn't like it, or if he felt like the Cobra small aerial unit was overpopulated at that time and it was unnecessary. 
But this splash page is the one piece of G.I. Joe comic book art that really highlights the trouble bubble. And then it just kind of winks out of existence almost. And, and the one on these pages, page, the uh, yeah, the one on this uh, splash page is very like toy accurate as well. I mean, it's oh, like, absolutely, it's like you compare yeah, it to the front all the stuff. The little missiles yeah, inside with the, the distinctive red nipples, like with my A uh, ten. <laughs> See, I was uh, onto something. You were indeed. Also got, there's also like a um, an interesting little like quirk. I'm gonna just make my screen big quickly just for this. Um, when I remember right. how to do it. Um, like, so here, on the trouble bubble, it's actually asymmetrical. I don't know if you guys know that uh, in the base. So here, where my index finger is, there's like a tube where the, the coil goes into, where the cable goes into, and then on the other side of that, um, it's like a flat edge. There's like no like canister or anything there. But and it, it kind of makes it like... This is, a strange, this is a strange version that you have on screen. What version yes. is that? This is the 25th anniversary version. Sacrilege. What I understand. I yes, know. I would love to. But, but it's special because this one was actually gifted to me by none other than Mr. Jim Godfrey. Wonderful. Um, ah. And I am over the moon because in a lot of ways, you could kind of say this is maybe the best version of it. Um, well, the but, original but one I, doesn't come with tubes. I just checked. I was very surprised when I saw those tubes. I'm like, what? Yep. The, the 25th anniversary version has tubes on either side of the gun. And also the That's gun itself wild. is more beefed up. Yeah. That's insane. And but uh, I mean, I don't know, if, if you do look yeah. at mine, ignoring the fact that the front is, is, is missing, um, it is asymmetrical, just like yours is actually. I mean, at the bottom there, it's kind of already like that. So it's not and like I actually went... like that a little bit more on yours than on mine. I know what they were going for on this one, on the on the mon on yeah, the Yeah, well, obviously, version, deliberately, like, the they, they used that. They're like, okay, we've got little holes here. Why don't we put tubes in there? Um, Does it feel unfinished as a result? Shouldn't there be something that plugs into that that post, Rob? I've literally never noticed it until Paul pointed it out now, or at least until I saw his with tubes. I was like, okay. I just thought it was, you know, just sort of like detailing, you know, like maybe the one was like the little like radar thing and the other side was just essentially just the way it is. I think if mm. my gun was attached, I wouldn't even have noticed it actually. Because I also tend to play with True. it, I think, at a high angle, you know, yeah. so I would never have really looked at it like straight on. The underside. But yeah, there's definitely crazy. the startings of a tube that feels yeah, like no, something no, should have been plugged in there on the, there. On the been... starboard side. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, for sure, yeah. and that's obviously what they they ran with for the twenty fifth anniversary. Perhaps it was a feature that they meant to include, but they didn't do it at the time. They kind of just forgot. I don't know. I think having hanging cables off the bottom of a flying vehicle seems like a bit of a liability. You're asking if for I'm trouble. Honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You go, you're flying over some power lines or a low piece of like foliage, and like. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, child. People can just Bad hang times. on and pull you off. I mean, you don't even need Roblox to come in there and kick you out of this thing and jump inside and fly. I mean, but moving back to the, the thing, media right? appearances, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, so comic books, it was a non-event, but mm -hmm. the cartoon could not have leaned into this vehicle anymore. Enough, bro. Yeah. It was featured even before the toy was available, because in 1984, what? September of that year, we got the miniseries. Revenge of Cobra, and mm. in it, there's an assault on a, a G.I. Joe convoy 
one of the assault elements is none other than Firefly, who bursts out of a dead tree stump in <laughs> a Cobra flight pod. Now, bearing in mind this is yeah. a prototype version, so it features a slightly modified engine. I mean, it's got three jets mm. behind it. Yeah. You can see well, them quite nicely as well, he flies away. As we established with the Rattler last last time we did our kind of like a figure focus or um, vehicle focus, they were putting in, it seemed, prototypes into the cartoon before the toy was even out. Mm -hmm. um, so this kind of tracks with, with what we've kind of like established already with the cartoon. What like, do you guys wow. think of a three-engined trouble bubble? I, it's pretty basic. I don't know. I like the concept, but I don't like the visual execution in the cartoon uh, at that moment for it. Hmm? Like, it seems to weird. have like a it's headlight, like a moped, because yeah. between the handlebars, there's a big <laughs> light. <laughs> but I well, do I mean, like I, how imagine you'd want to be in. able to fly this yeah. thing very low as well. And I mean, at mm. night, I mean, this, this thing has no like heads up display. I mean, not that I can see, um, unless it's part of the part where my gun came off. <laughs> <laughs> Though that being a headlight, it just occurred to me that in G.I. Joe the movie, where you've got trouble bubbles, flying after to, trying to locate Pythona as she infiltrates mm. the Pterodrome, they, they do emit a light. So it's, yeah. it's always oh, been true. part of the kind of, I suppose, feature design ethos that that would be much like a motorbike headlight. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it needs some kind of spot anyway, just for like close range maneuverability. We'll get into the blueprints, but that is also where the infrared camera is housed to yes. um, give the missiles their guidance. Mm. I was going to say. But uh, not only but, uh, does Firefly uh, use the trouble bubble, rank and file also use them to uh, descend mm. onto the top of the convoy, the truck, to uh, dismantle, I think it's the laser core. Um, Duke mixes it up with them, and we, we can see them. They're off to the side. Uh, very basic, as you say. Just kind of very swoopy, almost Jetsons design. This kind of <laughs> light purple. It's very, very But the iconic yeah. uh, booth, the, the glass canopy, is 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 unchanged. That's yeah. That's the the that's going to be brought forward. Where it had to be. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Then we move into season one of the animated series, and it kicks off with uh, the Pyramid of Darkness, and yeah. out of the Cobra Mothership's mouth, you see these little speckles, these white speckles. What could they be? They come closer, and it's a swarm of trouble wow. bubbles. Now, this is where the design had been locked down, and mm. this is just a, a, an example of how absolutely ubiquitous and overutilized or completely utilized they are for the animated series. They're just everywhere. Mm. They used en masse, this kind of swarm of enemy firepower, disposable enemy firepower, because we're going to see these things, they could, uh, might as well just be filled with uh, hydrogen because of the way they just <laughs> Hindenburg every time they get hit. <laughs> um, Arise, Serpento Arise has one of my favorite appearances of the Trouble Bubble where these two muscle Marys. Namely, <laughs> Dr. Mindbender and Sergeant Slaughter are having fisticuffs inside a trouble bubble. Now, with those two meat bags on board, it must run out of space really quickly. <laughs> it's precarious. Like, yeah. Can't do that with the toy. 
No ways. <laughs> you, yeah. But it's so, very amusing um, to see these these two hunky guys getting very close and personal. <laughs> I mean, Sergeant Slaughter must be straddling Winebender to to get inside that bubble. <laughs> Love it. And cutting forward to G.I. Joe the movie, Rob, you hit it, buddy. That opening sequence features all of Cobra's kind of micro-sized air power um, en masse. This giant swarm. The animation budget was swollen, and as a result, we just see so much stuff in mm. every frame, all doing its thing. Trouble bubbles are mixed Lots in with fire cramps. bats, mixed in with claws, mixed in with Cobra paratroopers, mixed in with balloons. I mean, that's yeah. hazardous. It's <laughs> a bit of a crowded sky. We're attacking now. <laughs> it's party time. <laughs> maybe oh yeah, I was gonna say maybe that's why they're using things without intakes. But then we got fire bats, so yeah, it's, uh, and yeah, the trouble bubble strikes, has they're strikes. two jet engines, so they are. I mean, the the design and and execution, the, the the detail of the fire bat at that scale is second to none. You got little mm. fans inside the jet yeah. engines, amazing, absolutely gorgeous. It's that's so cool for such a small vehicle that has so so much like designed like stuff in it like definitely the little like foils that move backwards and forwards and the separate pieces you know for the fans it's it's a beautifully designed vehicle i love this toy <sighs> and um i also i also feel like this uh 85 intro highlights one of its uh worst safety features or should i say uh, it it highlights its lack of safety features there's no like strap-on belt to like keep you safely seated i mean you could just get like thrown out by snake eyes you can kind of come in and then Oh, uh, yeah, I was like, going to get to that, but <laughs> on screen right now, we have we have uh, Alpine, who's riding the rocket. He's on top of a, a fire bat, and he manages to, uh, well, he, he ziplines over to Snake Eyes' trouble bubble. How did Snake Eyes get into a trouble bubble, you ask? Well, he does an acrobatic vault, basically tumbles this thing head over tail, and drops the Viper out of it. Poor yep. sword. No parachute there, bro. No parachute, exactly. <laughs> oh, jeez. And then he's in. And yep. that, perhaps, that that moment, that little twirl, sticks in probably everyone's memory as the most memorable, exciting, clever uh, moment, not only for the trouble bubble, but I'd say this is Snake Eyes' greatest moment in the cartoon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't that such a like, few times he's who cares like this is this is serious mm. and then do you guys mm. think that there's any like real world relevance something like a trouble bubble like um and i'm i'm referring i would like, not be I'm surprised kind of but i don't happen happen to have the issue of popular mechanics in my back pocket Whoa, so um, yeah, the, the gi joe designers they always pulled from somewhere none of mm. the stuff was created in a vacuum i feel yeah, no, for sure. Oh, totally. I mean, I don't know, like, how feasible this thing is. I mean, obviously, like, the back part, that, that's just definitely, like, a backpack, like, with the the, um, the G.I. Joe death pack. Um, adding the whole entire front piece, I don't know how, like, how you would really control this entire thing. And with the engine, I mean, not the engines, but, like, fuel, there would be enough fuel to be able to, you know, like, carry this entire thing through the sky. So I think real world-wise, it's probably less practical than, than like, say, the, I don't know, fire bat or something like that. The reason I actually wanted to throw this 
I, I wanted to throw that out there is because this is probably the only time that G.I. Joe Berg's going to really be able to get into this uh, and mm -hmm. because of this vehicle in particular. But in Metal Gear Solid 3, uh, there's a mm -hmm. whole section where there are guards that patrol the canyons and the mountains and they're also using a, a vehicle that's very similar to the um, the the Cobra Flight Pod slash Trouble Bubble. It's very, very similar. In fact, I, I remember when I saw it the first time, I got all nostalgic because I, I just kept thinking G.I. Joe and Cobra. <laughs> and I, and uh, Hideo Kojima's games, uh, the metal, and specifically the Metal Gear Solid games, they do lean into a lot of real-world um, technology, whether it be experimental uh, or mothballed or whatever. And you can often like trace a lot of the stuff back to uh, its real-world counterparts. Um, you know, and... I, I have not been able to find anything um, like any kind of like so-called anti-gravity esque kind of flying pod, but it's when I thought of that by game, jet engines, mm. yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I call but it anti-gravity, I mean, but I meant gravity defying. Gravity <laughs> defying. Yeah. So the flying but, bedstead was, I think, the earliest example of a VTOL craft using a jet engine, or was it a mm. rocket engine? I forget. But basically, it, it had four nozzles. And could kind of uh, hover and maneuver a bit. Um, the design of the trouble bubble is problematic because by putting the, the jet engines on the back and the weight in the front, much like the Skyhawk, yeah, it's a danger of, yeah. of, of just flipping over. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it's got some kind of it inertial dampening. Makes the snake much easier to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Every trouble bubble is just waiting to go into this death roll. Um, <laughs> And, and let's dear, take a look at the blueprints. Yeah, I was going to say, dear listeners and viewers, if you have any insights, you can be part of this video forever by leaving Absolutely. a comment about it. So, if you yeah, know anything yeah, about like, the origins of this thing, real-world origins. Thank well, you, Freddy really Joe's, like, for the what, excellent, what excellent page. So mm. what is an actual Cobra flight pod? That's pretty much what we're getting into right now. It's like, Well, who wants to read the thing? blurb? What is it? You do. <laughs> You've got the box. That's easier <laughs> if for I you must. Cobra's ultra high tech jet propelled one man flying vehicle. Insert one of Cobra enemies onto the jet propelled flight pod for a secret spy mission. Or pre program it for special drone flight reconnaissance. Watch out, G.I. Joe. This futuristic flight pod is based on Cobra Command's top-secret designs, including the most sophisticated technology in the Cobra weapons arsenal. Alright, generic blurb right at the end. But it does kind of focus on the two styles of play, and one that yeah. we've completely ignored up until this point. That you can either mm -hmm. put a one-man um, crew on board um, and use this for a what secret man? spy mission. Yeah. Or you can use the drone feature. You can pop mm. the little bomb in there. You just position it where a dude would be and or off you Which go. is so diabolical, actually, if you think about it. Now, Paul, does the 25th anniversary have that version? Uh, have that feature? Uh, have a bomb? You know, I've got to remember now. I For some mm. reason, I keep thinking I don't have the bomb. That could be one of two reasons. A, either Jim didn't send me the bomb when he sent it to me, or maybe he never got the bomb initially when he got it, or it was never packaged um, in the vehicle itself. I um, am going to say it probably didn't have the bomb because the bomb uses the classic back plug ah. to secure it. And the 25th anniversary version has a seat Doesn't clip. Doesn't have that. 
Yeah. To... So you yeah. lost out on the bomb, but you gained tubes. And a clip, a seed clip, which and a seed um, clip. is actually great because if you're the kind of person who wants to put modern era Joes in your trouble bubble, in your flight pod, mm -hmm. um, you can't put it in the vintage because that back plug gets in the way. So now you have the option to put a vintage or a modern era figure in your um, modern era flight pod, which is kind of a bonus. It's a, it's a bit of a, that's kind of a win that like makes it even more like sort of versatile. Um, anyway, but yes, that is the thing that you give up is that cool bomb, which you do get with the claw. Absolutely. And um, what I really love about the that best thing that comes with the modern claw, actually, Sorry. They, they describe it. It has two functions. Either it can be a flying pod or you can use it basically as like a, you know, a, a delivery function for like a bomb. And it's it's equipped with the most sophisticated technology in the Cobra weapons arsenal. Sophisticated but cheap. Because <laughs> if you're sending this thing off to blow up, it they must be very easy to build. I mean, these are so sophisticated yeah. that they're just super uh, like the easiest thing to build ever in the history of the world. They're like the the the, the forks off motorbikes of, of Cobra, yeah. essentially, you know. You know, they can Even throw worse, they're like the Fiat five hundred like of <laughs> All right, confirmed. It did not come with a bomb in its 25th anniversary release. Yeah. However, I, I mean, I knew it, that it came in a sort of a battle pack with Break and the Ram. Yes. And guess who they assigned to it? None other than the 25th anniversary Televiper. So, Yay. wow. From the 25th anniversary onwards, moving into the classified version, they have made the Televiper not just the featured character on the box, but mm -hmm. the actual assigned included driver character, mm. which, yeah, I suppose it's an interesting statement um, of like basically a character that's just been featured in the artwork all of a sudden becoming the official pilot. Mm. Uh, would you agree that that's what happened there? I think that's kind of what happened. It also seems like the most sensible uh, because if you think about it, you take like a Cobra Trooper or a Cobra Viper, and yes, they, they look very comfortable in the flight pod, but they also look comfortable in everything. Um, and it <laughs> kind of feels like feels like the lonely Tele Viper needs something that is for him. And it can't just be the comms uh, section of the Terrodrome. You know, he has to have something more than that. And I think giving him the, the, the flight pod is a good idea as well, because... You know, these televipers, I mean, their job is to relay communications and all that kind of stuff. So they maybe are doing a lot of reconnaissance and they probably are more suited for reconnaissance. And this is a reconnaissance mm. vehicle or it can be used as a reconnaissance vehicle, at least for like a short range. You know, if you want to patrol your territory. And it's also a good excuse to produce that, that figure a lot as well. Uh, you know, a figure yeah. that, I mean, is a more of a support character. Um, so you will see him produce more often because he, you know, he, he'll come with the vehicle, you know? Um, so he kind of has like a place where he can be produced more. Annoyingly, I've just noticed, um, a example of Trouble uh -oh. Bubble being spelled correctly in official Hasbro release. <laughs> and that, uh... that just does my head in. Well, now uh, this understand. is a file card that came with the 25th anniversary version. Because they were doing vehicle file cards in that brief moment wow. in history. It says designation, air vehicle, weapons, missiles, cannons, mines. Cobra mm. flight pods are small jet-propelled aircraft that can be flown by Cobra pilots operated as unmanned reconnaissance drones. 
Each Cobra flight pod has two laser-seeking anti-tank missiles and a mini-cannon for air-to-ground assault. Nicknamed Trouble Bubbles, spelt correctly, ugh, <laughs> by the G.I. Joe team because of the clear dome canopy. Cobra flight pods were used by Cobra to attack the October Guard and steal a new laser weapon. In battle, they buzz around like annoying hornets before blasting targets with their powerful stingers. So that is leaning into the Michael Golden uh, comic book issue. Hmm. That's the main reference going on there. Nothing from the cartoon. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. Because, like, that's where it shines the brightest, I think, as well. Um, Easier to just pick on one main appearance that everyone can kind of hone in on, I guess, than, like, everything it did in the cartoon. And that's dangerous. Like, if you're going to lean into anything on the cartoon, are you going to lean into the movie? Because Cobra Law is in that movie. Also, um, in Michael Gordon's art, aren't there also... Yeah, that's right. We discussed that earlier. There are also uh, Televipers piloting those um, trouble bubbles as well. So, Mm. interesting. It's the closest thing to an official pilot designation for the Televiper ever. Uh, I mean, this is how they go into battle, clearly. (laughs) Put down your computer console and get in trouble bubble. Makes me wonder if maybe... Cool stuff. I'm going to shoot shit. You know, when when these guys came out carded, I was actually quite fortunate to get this Televiper on screen right now carded. Uh, It was a broken card, so the bubble had come off. Yeah, I bought it from a local seller. Cool. Um, Mm. And and it had lost its backpack in the mess of everything. Mm. Um, So I had to like... But luckily, I had like a knockoff backpack that came from a, a bunch of other stuff. Anyway, that's not important. The the packaging for that figure, uh, you know, the fact that it comes with like a backpack and like this little gun, kind of seems kind of measly. It feels like it should have actually been packed in with a vehicle. And I wonder if maybe there was an intention to do these, you know, to do the the flight pod with a, a character, you know, as uh, the same way the armadillo was pa- uh, not armadillo, the chameleon was packed in for Zartan. I wonder if that mm. was the idea that maybe they had some kind of idea like that, and then at the last minute decided to ditch it. Maybe they didn't have enough. Maybe they weren't able to produce enough single characters or something to match the boxes or whatever. Anyway, um, look, it's a small yeah, vehicle, so and go. small vehicles typically didn't have included figures. Or, or you didn't, didn't get a figure with the Ram. You didn't get a figure with the, the Skyhawk or the Armadillo. Mm. So the basic price point was kept basic. Mm. Keep the costs down by not including a figure in that set. So that, this is well, a good compromise. Zartan, because that is such a... Like Zartan's release, his original release, is such an anomaly in that respect. You know, like mm. Important a character. Small figure, yeah, important character. Comes with some gear. Kind of a vehicle. Kind well, of not a vehicle. That's, yeah. That fits into the kind of the chariot category. Like the mm. triple T, oh, yeah. like the air chariot. Air chariot. You know, you, you, you're buying the figure well, and a large accessory. Well, I suppose that's how this is now with the classified launch now, as mm-hmm. well as you mentioned. Um, very cute that uh, there's quite a lot of artwork with this guy wearing a seatbelt. I wonder if they ever considered that into this design. In fact, I'm really excited to talk about some of the like toy features and specs uh, after mm. we get through the blueprints. Because we do have to like understand how this thing is powered <laughs> and what is actually 
like what is that great thing on the front you know there, there might be a lot of guys out there who think they know but do they really know well as mentioned before as mentioned before i think uh it's point number two mm. um or one in fact it's the the fire control computer housing is that mm. gray handlebar thing um ah. also it has the control pod lateral hand grip firing controls uh, so that gray control piece is all of that. But also, point number six points to the mm. front end of it. Those two dots. Can you see them, gents? Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so on that control column, you've got those two dots, and that is the forward range infrared targeting sensors. Which then okay, so that's the sensor package. Okay. Yeah, dovetails quite Very nicely clean. to the fact that the missiles are warlock. LR 3.8 laser seeking anti tank missiles. So they will ride in on the laser beam emitted by that gray, by those nipples. <laughs> That's scary. Think about it. You're basically flying in a paper airplane. You're coming down at an angle. You've designated a target. You're painting a target. You have to keep a beat on that thing until mm -hmm. your like, payload hits it. No, <laughs> you'll die. You'll die, man. Somebody will spot you. Like, and Ooh, that's maybe these, these things, things are like, ballsy. <laughs> in in the comic book, I mean, in the cartoon, they're typically swarming overhead, whereas the real world's uh, tactic for something like this is it's 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 low to the ground, it's mm. below the tree line, it pops up, finds a target, and you you're basically hovering stationary while you are lazing the target fire the missile it hits and then you descend back okay so it's like a peekaboo kind of like absolutely kind of vibe okay that's yeah, yeah. cool that makes more sense to me then any kind of hovering vehicle is slow moving enough to be an absolute liability if you're flying you know plane to sea you want to stay as low mm. to the ground as possible yeah because mm. these things aren't their match for an actual proper aircraft i mean Oh, like, no, not a chance. They're not dogfighting. Unless you crash anything. into an aircraft. <laughs> well, that's the, what the remote control feature is for, I guess. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention at this point that my... I, I've never really been a fan of the flight pod until uh -oh. we uh -oh. got a glimpse at Scott G's Armour 3 upgrades. So he designed a flight pod for use in the um, massive on online multiplayer military simulation called armor three yes and in it the flight pod is i mean by his own admission overpowered it is <laughs> very fast it is like nauseatingly nimble and the gun i think he told me that like the physics of the game allowed him to put a 25 millimeter cannon in there so it's oh, blisteringly large yeah so uh, take that to A10. <laughs> well, well like the A10 still got five mils well, on that, but <laughs> yeah, still, but I mean that just smaller. puts it in in yeah. close parity, like in terms of just the, the weight of firepower that it can put on a target. Crazy. What I like about the flight pod, it's one of the rare vehicles where, like, the missiles I don't think are actually going to be harming the person firing them. Because mm. like you have these, you know, the the kind of like um, control side panels, and when, probably when you fire it off, it does kind of like leave the vehicle, you know, by a little distance or drop it's down. Just everything else that, 
Yeah. Well, it's just everything else that's harmful to the pilot. And know, also, it, debris, it's, it, yeah, debris, even in the trouble bubble. Um, yeah. But, and also, they're like reasonably sized as well. They're not like oversized. I think like everything that comes with the trouble bubble feels like uh, it's, it's, it's the size it needs to be. There's nothing that's oversized or like too big. Um, yeah, I think it's a fantastically designed vehicle. And it looks like it was pretty easy to put together too. <laughs> well, I've disassembled and reassembled it enough times to know. Uh, it's got some fine, fine molding and as a result, very frail. The mm. rudders particularly. You wonder like, was this a toy for kids? Because the <laughs> rod that connects those two rudders is like wafer thin. Um, in fact, yes. like as small as a toothpick. I wouldn't be surprised if people threw that away, thinking it was just part of the plastic sprue. No. I would not be surprised either. Yeah, because no it does have that appearance. The 25th anniversary is nice because that's all rubber. So the, oh, the, 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 uh... the wind there is that these don't break. The lose there is that um, they're going to go yellow, like mine have. Um, over time, because Gents, I live in South Africa, and I, yeah. How does the aerial mine get deployed? I'm dying to know. The same <laughs> way a snake eyes like tosses the dude out. Oh, right, so I think it, it does. Just I think it inverts. <laughs> well, the way that I've always assumed is that that's why I was. I think I mentioned earlier, like this, these things are technology advanced, but they must be exceptionally cheap. I feel like they'd just literally send the entire thing off and it, the whole thing just blows up. Um, or they detonate right. at the last minute. Nothing yeah. comes back. That's kind of always the way that I've kind of imagined it. Is it's, it's just in there, you just send the whole thing off, it blows up, and then you basically have to make another one. At least that's how I've always approached it in, in my play. It makes sense. I mean, it makes sense to me as well to have it that way. And I wonder if, like, I wonder if it's designed this way. Like, and this is a Cobra thing. I'm pretty sure this is designed to be better shrapnel than it is pilot tape. <laughs> so you, so yep, you, bits you, of you glass. An explosive. Yeah. Bits of engine. I'm sure yeah. there are lots of little parts yeah. that can... the bomb. The whole thing just... Gah, just it's a shrapnel casing for yeah. the high explosive of the mine. <laughs> but on the box, they clearly show this mine kind of being flung <laughs> through the air above the trouble bubble, which has always kind of struck me as odd. They had to show it off somehow, but it's very yeah. arbitrary, just arbitrarily just like just flying just through the air. Following him around, you know, as he flies, this thing flies behind him, I can guess. I, and can I just like mention, like just looking at the box art now and just looking at the many sort of uh, comic book and cartoon appearances, uh, and I'm specifically referring to illustrated uh, appearances of this uh, trouble bubble and it's uh, in this case the pilot the televiper televipers are really not fun to draw I just want to put that <laughs> out there like like if i think if you're the kind of person that enjoys doing uh, drawing televipers a power to you and b uh why do you enjoy water in your cereal man like it just doesn't <laughs> sound like it's just i don't know it's just an unfun thing to draw look at this guy he is he weirdly does look kind of boring when you draw him i mean even this the, so boring so is currently showing the the um the packaging for the the file the, the carded version of the character and even this version i mean it feels like the head was attached afterwards like the guy couldn't <laughs> get the angle correctly 
And he just kind of just slapped the head on afterwards at like a very funny angle for this poor, poor guy. Burr. It's the pants, I think. I think the pants are too casual. Hmm. Yeah. You know, there's no detailing like, uh, there. It's too, like... I hate I Mondays. Hot dogs, <laughs> just, you know. I'm comfy, you know, because I, you know, I needed to like, be able to like fix things. But you're still yeah, a soldier. Like there's not quite yeah, enough also, contrast between the purple and the blue, I find as well. If it was mm-hmm. a lighter purple, like as, as the artists have have done, you know, they've kind of yeah. bumped the purple up a shade a in order nice to distinguish contrast. it. Bugged it up a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dudes, also, just check at that, and I'm not on the artwork, but on the actual figure, check out this mm-hmm. man's jowls. Like, he's, he's like lower facial features. <laughs> he looks like Napoleon <laughs> freaking dynamite. Every time I look at him, I'm like, ninja skills, uh, hacking skills. Uh, acrobatic skills. That helmet is vacuum sealed over his head to the point where it's like pushing out his cheeks, man. Yeah. That is one tight lid. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's like, it's an insane, like, design. I I love them. Please don't get me wrong. I love them for existing in all of their goofy glory, but I'm, I don't think I'd ever, like, turn around and go, wow, this is, like, the best or the most attractive My figure ever made. character. Um, well, but it's, they're perfunctory. It's damn good I mean, everyone wants the yeah. cool Cobra troops like Snow Serpents or Crimson Guardsmen or Eels or yeah. Blue Shirts or Vipers. This mm. guy's just kind of the... there. He's there yeah, like he's a Yeah, he's the Chinos of the Cobra organization. Yeah, exactly. You no, gotta he, have he's him. the Chinos of the Cobra organization, dude. Like, that's it. He's the slacks. Yeah, he helps <laughs> he, everything run. But then again, he, he is a... <laughs> He is a support character, you know. But giving uh, him a trouble bubble dude. gives him some spice. Mm-hmm. He gives him, gives him an offensive role. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's Revenge of the Nerds. It's like you thought yeah. I was goofy with my 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 video camera gun. Well, <laughs> look at me now, bitches. Yeah, huh. I'm in the suicide bubble. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, what are some of the features behind this actual toy? I mean, like, we got some basics, like, okay, obviously this opens up, whatever. We got the swivelly thing here. And I actually want to compare this with uh, Rob's as well. Uh, because oh, the modern era, the gun actually has a bit of a swivel to it, which I don't like to do in case I mess up the pipes. But the gun's got a bit of a swivel. I don't know if that's a vintage thing. That's kind of fun, I suppose, if you want to look at it like it can, like, turn at the same time as you're piloting it. Um... It's got the two removable missiles, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, the twenty fifth anniversary. Paul, has got that makes a... no sense. That's like a, a ferret feature. Like as I turn what? the handlebars, the the front guns turn as well. I'm glad they didn't <laughs> link it on the trouble bubble. I mean, firstly, it'd be hell of a frail. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm glad that the gun is independently targeting. So maybe the IR beam can also be used to to direct the gun. Mm. You know, the pilot gets a I lock just... on the gun. Zzzt, moves to wherever the the beam is pointing i don't think that this is really qualifiable as real world experience but (laughs) all my experience playing video games where there's a machine gun on a motorcycle or on something like this when you turn and the gun keeps shooting in one direction and you're turning in another direction that's not always fun (laughs) so that that's why i kind of imagine but I think the way that it points is the way that it goes. So even if you're turning, you know, the, the gun doesn't have to even move because you will be turning with it the whole time. 
that's always i mean that's always the way i've seen it presented at least in the cartoons you know it's think of a longbow apache the apache's gun is linked to the gunner's uh, helmet. helmet yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. you can unlink that but yeah but it's handy for the gunner to be able to just sight something and the gun uh, to kind of look just, at I what he's it, looking at. Yeah. Shoot. Okay, so he, yeah. even when he's standing still, he can Designed still... Designed in South Africa, it. by the way. I like... Just no, right. that there. Is that a Roy Falk? Yeah, um, really? uh, actually, pre-Roy Falk. But okay. yeah. Interesting. But yeah, I like the idea of the gun being able to hold its track even if the, the trouble bubble veers off. So as you mm. move away... The gun's uh, still pointing at what you want to shoot at until it can't anymore, until it reaches its sort of maximum angle and then stops firing. Well, so yeah, you can sort of overfly useful. someone and, and concentrate on basically your safety of like being able to pull away, but the gun's still laying down fire. It sounds more useful than my with, you know, like jacked in and like wherever you're facing is worth shooting. Yeah. Well, why not? Why can't it be all of those? You know, that's a cool thing. Like, well, they, it's Cobra yeah. Darth Vader right? could direct his TIE Fighters um, lasers. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yep, he could do that. That is very true. <laughs> also, um, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this is important to point out. Um, on the vintage version, um, are the pins also like that? Or no. Are they like back plug? Wait, you can take yeah, that off. So yep. does that back plug go into... So, what Paul's showing us is that he can detach his engines from the, the flight pod and it's a 25th anniversary style back plug that can then go into a 25th anniversary no hole. No, that's to turn the trouble bubble engines into a Cobra jump, basically. <coughs> that is as wow! not a future <laughs> So the vintage use a slot system, which... Mm. On all my examples became very loose so I right. took the final step and, and you added a dab it. of super glue Rob is right. now discovering that's, that for the first that's time. why I never I never knew it could move I just assumed it was attached it's in yeah it's okay, useless I mean it, it's a slot that will, will fit into nothing but well, as I, I say, it, obviously it makes sense to, when you're building it, you know, it's, it's like another step. You can add it on there. Um, but that's a really cool feature of the 25th anniversary version. You basically get the trouble mm. bubble and you get a jetpack at the, in simultaneously. Um, yeah, I mean, take it actually, or leave it. I kind of like that. It's an Easter egg of the vehicle for sure. Like, yeah, it, it, I mean, in order for the size to be that perfect, it had to be intentional. But like, yeah. it's not advertised on any of the materials it's That's not on the box wild. it's not in the blueprints in the instructions it's a bug it's a feature <clears throat> not a bug <laughs> <laughs> um i also love some of the added little details that they did put into the 25th anniversary um from what i can understand like here deeper in the seats um you took the seat, the seat clipper Paul? Is. i oh. did um uh, because okay. actually there's a really good reason for it it's really irritating i actually find it gets in the way more than it helps so i took it yeah. out because it made it easier for me to put uh vintage and modern era figures in uh, and the only thing is the vintage figures can't hold the handlebars too well which is kind of i think a bit of a design flaw and i do want to just get into a few of those kind of issues but here in the cavity of the cockpit you can see not this side the other side where my pinky is there we go mm -hmm. uh, there's some cool detail in there i don't know if that's present on the vintage 
but it's very sexy here. Just a few buttons that can be reached. Um, take it or leave it. This section here in the front is kind of closed up. Uh, some people might really appreciate that and feel that it's more finished. And inside the sort of wraparound hugging uh, armor bits of the flight pod, the control there's some arms. detail on the inside there. So yeah, the armor. I don't know if that's. Yeah. Um, thank you, dude. That's uh, that's actually what I was looking for for this killer couch. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if the vintage has those details, but they are really appreciated. And it's little things like that that really elevate this toy um, to such like stratospheric heights for me. Aside from the sort of like cuteness and nostalgia side of it, you know, where it's used so like hectically, also prolifically in the animated series, it's a fun vehicle to hold in your hand. But I just actually have just fallen so in love with all of the little details. And Steve used the word earlier, kind of model kit esque quality to it um, that I dig. And I feel like there's a hidden play pattern with this vehicle. Um, aside from getting a guy to jump in and swoop around, putting a bomb in and giving it, uh, you know, dropping it off somewhere. I feel like there's also the whole um, infiltration, you know, uh, they have to assemble one of these to get off the island or something like that. Yeah, you, know? so you could actually is... like airdrop the entire thing to a dude or it's like a, it's like yeah. a separate crate that comes in with him when he kind of like, you know, and he can kind of put it together and, you know, that kind of goes with the whole like having to stay low and getting where you need to go. Yeah, that's actually kind of if, cool. If if they can be used as drones, you don't have to airdrop it. You can just fly it to him. Yeah. It's ah, remote controlled. Yeah. Smart. Just push it out it of the cargo like, door. It'll find its way. I also love, I love that Fine. as well. Like a bunch of these like being deployed. So instead of like paratroopers, you just got a bunch of these being deployed and they can free fall and then um, hopefully... Uh, like start their engine. <laughs> you you better trust engine. your engine at that point. Like, oh, I'm in mid-flight or mid-free fall. Well, it's click, a cobra trooper, right? They all have parachutes, and if it misses, it's just another projectile that hits the ground. So it works <laughs> Meat <well>. bomb. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I kind of dig that as well. There's a whole life. Well, to answer your question, Paul, and although that those little points, the, the little side panels are described in the um, the blueprints, blueprints. They are not present on the on the original version. It's basically oh, the just molding space. Yeah, the molding is not there. So they do say, "Oh, there's you know the controls in there," um, but it's not actually on there. I, I double checked with on, imagination. on JoJo myself now just to make sure. Um, nice one. So the they are described. Armrest flight controls. Yes, they're described <laughs> in there, but they are not present on the original. I feel like currently, like the 25th anniversary has a lot of advantages over the the original version of this. It's a stunning like, toy, man. No, I don't, I don't think either of them is the loser. I just no, think no, absolutely that not. I mean, you have the original about the 25th. perfect for yeah. you know like vintage figures, um, and it's nice to be able to own like one that has like the original plastic feel and smell of like a vintage, you know, like GI Joe. Um, but I think they it this is one of those cases where they improved um or you know made actual improvements to the vehicle that are kind of cool um when they're really not it. just superficial, yeah, yeah, not something silly, you know, like or or just ignoring things um where you just make no improvements whatsoever. but I wanted to know from you guys um because I'm actually looking at yo Joe um another nice detail, sorry, yeah. So looking at 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 oh how do I how do I do this? How do I do the internet? 
so <laughs> there are different they're actually there are many different colors for these um that's the version so i first encountered the, in the pages of toy fair magazine yes so there's the 1997 version Those rondels are ugly um Sorry. so it's oh, the stickers on all of that 1997 stuff were ugly i'm glad you lost your sticker sheet for your a10 rob <laughs> or, or it was never packaged the package had been I was, opened i was very lucky so we have the 97 oh. version which is obviously based on the the vintage one um and then obviously we have the original white one um and paul's 25th anniversary white one but for the this is fireflies special isn't it with the oh, mottled dark gray oh it's got to be like he's the be. leader of the flight pod people <laughs> there is an interesting one team. i think i know which one i think i've got a feeling which one rob's gonna pull up but i don't want to like well I'm well, well the next one um, was produced i believe in the same year as your one but it came out in blue <laughs> um and so this is another variant on on the 25th anniversary version mm. um, just like you so have I a blue snake like you've got a blue trouble bubble yeah i wasn't aware so of this the version on that one yeah, I mean, no, I'm not right. sure what this came with. I mean, it actually... Oh, it came with... The so Ultimate a, Battle Pack. Yes. Yeah. Right. So you got some nice variations on different vehicles in this pack, and one of them was the, the blue version of the... Well, I'm so familiar with that, because when I wanted to get one of these bad boys, the 25th offering with the RAM and the Trouble Bubble was mm -hmm. so either hard to get your hands on or overpriced that it was actually cheaper... For me to try and get that ultimate battle pack but in all wow. fairness i really didn't care for a blue trouble bubble and i really didn't care for that mobat there was something about that mobat that has put me off and still continues to put me off um, that i can never pull the trigger anyway carry it's on the first time i've made the association that the first appearance of the trouble bubble which we talked about way at the top of this podcast mm -hmm. with firefly did have that more bluish purplish yeah, tint it was a lot more blue for sure so Doing it up in Cobra Blue does have some precedent. And yeah, if it's, it's like an of... infantry support vehicle, a blue trouble bubble would look good with a bunch of blue shirts. Oh, absolutely. Mm. And for the final version, which came out in two years after that. See, our Toys R Us exclusive. We have the Toys R Us exclusive I mean, version. Was it Toys R Us or was it Ross? Well, well let's see. Would you mind double this checking? Was... I think it's Target exclusive. Target exclusive. Well, it was oh, originally word, intended dude. to be part of the Target exclusive vehicles. People were ridiculous about this. I think I think these were, I don't know, there was some, some kind of thing with these. They were meant to be released. They never were. There was a whole bunch produced. I think they ended up at Ross or something like that. Yes, Guys that's right. Actually, yeah, it describes it. It was yeah. meant to go to the Target. Um, but mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it eventually just ended up at Ross stores, apparently, the, uh, in December yep. of the same year. It has this a red a canopy and a black... Yes chassis with light gray accessory parts yes Probably what do you guys think of that different. colorization it, it, i'm trying to think it it kind of it it does feel like a target exclusive because it was always the target exclusives that had like the red accents wasn't it i don't know if, i don't know it? if i can bet on that no. But that makes that does make sense. But I don't know if I could bet on. Well, no, red is the, the color of Target's branding. Yeah. Um, uh, so there, there okay. might, so might be something in that, Rob. You you might be right. Actually, yeah. Well, I think it makes for it. It makes for something fresh and different for the um for the the trouble bubble. Um, it kind of mm. makes it stand out a lot more to have this kind of like red canopy. Um. It's very. Yeah, top of my head, I think the Night Spectre, which is the. Mm sort of dark gray version of the shark 
was a mm. Target ex- exclusive. I mean, I'm trying to dial back I my mind right. like 20 years now. Yeah. <laughs> Has it been? As but there's a whole that? slew of these vehicles. So there was a uh, uh, there was a flight pod. There was the anti-air guns. I think there was a claw as well that was done for this, and I think there's another vehicle, and I can't, I can't recall from memory what that is, but the guys were going nuts over them. One of them, mm. I think, comes with a very disco-colored um, range viper or something. Wasn't the black snake armor also target exclusive? Yes, we've all got right. one of those. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we definitely do. So, do we do we feel the original is still the best out of these um, variants? Absolutely. We've seen. Oh, totally, dude. It's space yeah. age, my brew. I think the gray one looks like a down... bad CG render. <laughs> <laughs> it comes down to like the simplicity of, I think, of the of the the, the white look. Um, it's the same like with the, um, the the Cobra claw as well. Like it's just it's white. It's simple. It has the Cobra symbols on it, and it feels more classic when it's kind of like in the very plain look to it. It's kind of cool to see variations, like with, with a lot of the vehicles they've done over the years. Um, but often they nailed it on the first attempt. Mm, That kind of off-white, what would you call it, bone. Yeah, bone. It's a good color. Yeah. Yeah. Claw, snake, pterodrome, condor. It's it's the design itself that that, that kind of, um, the bone kind of just allows the design to kind of stand out. Um, Mm, Yeah, cobra symbols really like... Yeah, it pops. Also animates well. Um, yeah, so there you go. Okay, so we we've been talking about the trouble bubble when it's been like or the flight pod. I'm always gonna flip between the two because you know there's always somebody who's gonna be like, oh, don't you mean the flight pod? Oh, um, don't you mean the trouble with the oh? Don't you mean the trouble bubble? Um, but oh, it did get a name about... drop in GI Joe Retaliation. Can you guys remember when? Oh, I haven't watched that movie in a while. Uh, I think it's Agent Mouse or Mouse. One mm-hmm. of the characters on board, he chews trouble. Tr- no, is it Marlon uh, Wayans? Bubble. Double bubble. God, double really? Bubble. Uh, but that's, because, that's a whole bazooka flights. reference, I think. Um, uh, bazooka, right. not bazooka. Um, uh, Steeler. Is it? Yeah, it's Steeler that chews gum. Mm-hmm. Take that breaker. back. <laughs> breaker. Breaker, yeah, yeah. In fact, the, the 25th anniversary pack that included ba- Breaker, didn't it have like a, a bubble that, was that so could cool. stick in his I, mouth? Yeah. They should have just done that on anyway, whatever. That's we'll save that for another episode of this awesomeness. But guys, we've been talking about <laughs> this, this toy in the biggest way. Do you guys have any like issues with this toy? Are there any things that you wish um could be like changed or updated? I mean, remembering that Super Seven is uh doing an O ring line. Um maybe maybe just maybe they listen to this uh video and they get like some good ideas <laughs> or they kind of shoot down all of our ideas. But either way, I would love to know, like, if you were the toy designer now looking back, how would you change this? What would you do, if anything? I'm, well, I'm they were going to do it. Super 7's mm-hmm. rendered the, yeah, their, their they take were. on the trouble well, their, bubble. Um, their thingy. That's their problem. Our problem <laughs> is, how do we fix this thing? How do we fix their version as well? Because that was a rubbish yeah. version. No wonder that thing didn't fun people didn't like yeah the it's the trouble bubbles. bubble that knocked it out of the sky <laughs> no, well um, for me i think the improvements i would is just if you just include you know the 20th 25th anniversary stuff and shove that into the original version um mm, i think without uh, the pipes i could do without the pipes. without the pipes i don't need the pipes as well 25th anniversary put pipes on a lot of things that didn't need pipes like the vamp 
Why did the vamp it's need weird. two hoses know. going to its gun? Because, well, this thing, because like we asked, is that, I don't know. Pipes are cool, Stephen. Don't hate on pipes. At least their pipes are not like... Pipes are liability. You keep that stuff oh, internal. Liability. Yeah. You don't want to have anything um, hanging loose. And, and it affects the, you know, the aerodynamics you know, as well. It's just ugly. Oh, yes. <laughs> Lock it down. No, man. that's... That's what you're worried about on this aerodynamics. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the, the other improvements that they made for the 25th, actually detailing the the side controls, I think is cool. Making the the flight the, the back section uh, removable, I think that's a really cool mm. little feature. Because it kind of gives you like you know more things you can do with it. Um, you can actually play out the whole, you know most of it getting damaged, but it's like okay, the engine's fine, and you can still escape afterwards. Um, I think those are actually really good improvements that they've already in, um, kind of incorporated. I don't know. Steven, what okay. do you think? Anything else you can think um, to make this toy more I think it's, it's it perfection in a lot of senses. I, I mean, the, the slot system that the, the, the original used for its engines, as I say, was prone to having them just drop off. And mm. they don't really... I, I'm okay with them not forming a backpack. So it doesn't have to be a back plug, but just a more secure way of attaching them would be good. Um, I'm always going to wonder about whether or not the underside was unfinished. Because there's a whole lot of like sculpting and intricacy to the underside that beg the question. Like, was it supposed to be a piece that finished off the, the sort of control column and, you know, mm -hmm. slotted into those holes? Was this mm. supposed to be some kind of optic that went into the round cavity on the um, mm. the starboard side? Like questions. The the, the port you side also has a cavity. Um, so I think yeah, something could go in there. Something could go in there. Um, the the box art certainly indicates that it's some kind of camera or optic because they they saw fit to put a green lens in that hole. That's my thing. That's mm. what I'm curious about as well. Like, that's that's why I I raised this up so early up in the episode because, yes, in one respect they've they've finished it off. They've you know they've capped off this bottom section off, but at what cost? You know, like what did we lose? We could have had some more like interesting finger food or like, you know, like fun stuff to look at and and mess around with and imagine was actually here. It's not being covered up. I feel like. They took something away there. Okay, mind you, they gave us a lot with 25th. Um, guys, for my money, uh, one of the things that's always kind of bugged me with this uh, design from a... I don't want to... It's a toy and a, just a design of it point of view. Um, as it is, I'm very much in love with the flight pod. Um, but there are a few things I wish they had considered, like pedals. It would have been so cool if there was like a... A foot rest for the figure somewhere. <laughs> His feet are just dangling in the breeze. Sure. I really hate that. Like that kind of thing. Fiddle powered. It's cute on the vehicle. <laughs> it's cute on the toy. It kind of makes sense. And I also think it's kind of a missed opportunity to have made this horizontal. The and I mean the grips, the the steering column. You mean vertical? Uh, got a horizontal. Yeah, I would have liked that if they made them vertical. Like right, um, easier to grasp. Yeah, sure. For, for a vintage figure, I think that would have made even that the fact that they didn't make that decision back then. I just feel like it's a missed opportunity. Um, well, I've never struggled my, getting like, my vintage figures drugs. to grasp the vintage uh, control arms. Maybe they beefed them up a bit. 
Those handles. They just look a bit funny. They also, yeah, these these ones are a bit chunky. I'm very scared of putting vintage hands on this. Um, but also, if you look at 3D Joes as well, and you see guys, um, you know, dudes holding them, they're like they're riding them like this, and that bugs my toy OCD. That even my kid a <laughs> toy OCD brain doesn't dig that. It's like, hey guys, I'm riding my motorbike. Um, and then something I'd just like to add, uh, because why not? You know, it's our show. We get to do this. I think it would have been so cool had they explored some modular concepts, you know, like changing out these missiles for like rocket pods, um, uh, you know, a Gatling package, cool. something like that. That could have been really cool. Maybe like played around with like um, an armored bit that you could put here in front of the canopy. For those guys who feel like the glass canopy is exposed, I just feel like those little concepts could have been played with. I'm surprised the classified didn't do that or hasn't done that yet. An and armored up think... trouble bubble. Come on, Paul. I know, it's right? An, but I mean, it's an icon of Cobra. You mess with those elements and it starts losing its iconic. You're ruining look. it. I've Stop never it. been a huge proponent of the trouble bubble, but even I can't deny how extremely Cobra it is to have these very dangerous, very fast, very potent swarms mm. of just like single occupant vertical takeoff and landing jet craft how bloody dangerous is this thing to have it zooming through the sky at jet speeds <laughs> it's got no protection up front it's a glass dome like and as we see in the, the animation it, it might as well be filled with like flammables it probably is <laughs> one bullet anywhere in this thing becomes a massive gas cloud of explosion so it's it's so deliciously cobra only they can have something so diabolical to put this into into service i wouldn't change a thing i feel this i feel mm. the same way um Keep i totally feel the same way about the armor covering but i do think like having different weapons would be kind of interesting it would definitely uh give this a bit more of a sell-through you know guys might feel more inclined to buy more than one of them um if you could like change up their weapons or something on the side i think i just think that could be a fun thing to do a, a fun sort of play feature for these toys and also, get these poor guys' seatbelts, man. Like, I just think aesthetically that would look cool. And I think the classified has got that. Um, I need to look again. Um, yeah, it does. I was going to sort of, I was going to sort of like mention something about like landing gear, but it doesn't really need that. Um, oh, from a bare bones, man. View, just back. Yeah, hits the ground. Unnecessary yeah, weight. Man. I want to play, just to close us out, a fun game. I mean, are we giving this five bubbles out of, out <laughs> of trouble? Pack five of troubles gum? out of. <laughs> Five, five troubles, troubles out of a bubble. Bubbles. <laughs> um, I think I think for from myself, yeah, for sure. I think um, I think it is one of the premier vehicles of the Cobra Force. It's one of those recognizable ones. Um, like you see it, you know this is Cobra. You know, to play with. you know what you're getting when you when you see it. Um, yeah, for mm. sure. Five troubles out of uh, in, in this bubble. <laughs> Damn it, guys! You flip flopped me because the game I'm about to play. I was gonna put this somewhere in the middle but um Whoa. it might just be the top dog okay well, we're going to do a greater than lesser than i'm going to spit out a few um budget style ah. small gi joe vehicles and you're going to tell me is is this better than troll bubble or not so okay. the armadillo uh, uh not lesser than <laughs> okay well just just say no. trouble bubble if, if trouble the troll bubble still on top okay. okay the snake Armor. Trouble bubble. 
Ooh. <laughs> Trouble bubble. <laughs> the Skyhawk. Ooh. Trouble, Trouble bubble. bubble. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm... Cobra Claw. Mm. Cobra Claw. Wow, trouble really? Bubble. I'm going to go Okay, right. So, And the Cobra Claw is another vehicle that I think we all possess in some form. Mm-hmm. Wait, do you, Rob? You do not. <gasps> I don't. You have oh. two, Stephen. I have zero. <laughs> Time to spread the love. Well, that is the running theme of these vehicle focuses. We want to focus toys that we all love and all possess. So, mm-hmm. what will it be next time? You'll have to wait and find out. <laughs> but but I think guys, we unanimously agree that the Trouble Bubble is an icon of Cobra. And if you don't have one, and you're a G.I. Joe fan, what are you doing? Why don't you own one yet? So this is Why don't colors. you own a, like them a, a light pod? Them. They're like everywhere. They used to be so cheap. I'm sure guys are like... Apparently, they're not. Anyway... They are, I mean, it is a fragile vehicle with some some eggshell quality plastic. So it's it's definitely showing its years. Um, they're becoming harder and harder to get. And because of the iconic status, you know, they are sought after. Sought after, for sure. Um, we proved it. Five out of trouble bubble. So bubble. I wish you all the best if you are currently on the hunt. And if you currently do have trouble bubbles... In your possession, your collection. Yeah, take them. a little time out of your day. And cherish yeah. this amazing, amazing. Play with vehicle. your bubble. Play with your mm. bubble. No, no trouble. We've been GI Joeberg. This has been episode no three hundred and eleven. Three hundred and eleven. Let us know in the comment section on the YouTube version uh, what you think of the trouble bubble. Okay, and where you see it in the small vehicles roster. Thanks as always to our patrons. Keeping the lights burning at G.I. Joe Book HQ. Appreciated every single one of you. Awesome people. And we are out next week. Comic books, probably. Cartoons, maybe. Maybe. Either one. Whatever's happening. And lots of chit-chat about the greatest toy line ever created. Transformers. (laughs) Transformers.